What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer. And thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch. And for me, watching any NFL game, I'm usually just trying to surround myself with as much good food as possible, and obviously Pepsi, because Pepsi is the refreshment that you need to power through any game day, because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Before we get started, we are two writers who got our start at San Diego Sports Domination, San Diego's top sports blog, and I also write for the LA Football Network, but we've been covering the Chargers together for over five seasons doing our own Facebook Live show, Chargers Domination Live, which airs weekly. Now this is our third season as the host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. What's up, guys? Welcome into any of our first-time listeners. We really appreciate you guys checking out the show today. And a special thank you to all of our loyal fans as well. Hope you guys have enjoyed the week of shows so far this week, even though you know we're doing our best with the product the Chargers are putting on the field. But I do think we have another good one today because we're going to be getting back into some voicemails after we start the show by talking about four players that one Chargers writer thinks that should not come back to the team in 21. So we'll start there for the news. And then in the second and third segments, we'll be getting into our voicemails. And we have a lot to talk about in the voicemails today. We'll be talking about if Anthony Lynn saying that the Chargers didn't make the playoffs had anything to do with the blowout. We'll be talking about you know how much of the blame falls on GM Tom Telesco and what kind of head coach we're looking for as far as special teams offensively or defensively focused for whoever that next man is. But let's go ahead and get into it. One Chargers rider thinks that there are four Chargers on the team now that shouldn't be back with the team in 2021. This is Daniel Wade joined by David Drogmeyer with your Locked On Chargers lead story. The Chargers and general manager Tom Telesco did a really good job before the season started picking up contracts with two of their best players in Keenan Allen and Joey Bosa. Both of them were extended to a long-term deals, but the problems don't stop there because the Chargers have a lot of other major contributors that are headed into unrestricted free agency. You look at players like Michael Davis. You also have Hunter Henry and a lot of the offensive line like Dan Feeney, Forrest Lamp, and Sam Tevy. But one Chargers writer has talked about four Chargers that shouldn't be coming back to the Chargers. This is Jason Reed from Bolt Beat. And we'll start with the first two here. The first being Dan Feeney, a guy I just talked about as being an unrestricted free agent. But the surprising one out of this first group of two was Chris Harris Jr., who's obvious, who is only in the first year of a two-year contract. So, David, what do you think about the Chargers potentially not bringing back those two players? I think you've seen Dan Feeney's play being very inconsistent, you know, starting out left guard. And then the Chargers really liked his prospects as a center and, you know, kind of a backup for Mike Pouncey, who has dealt with you know, some serious injuries in his career. And they had to have a good t- contingency plan. So the Chargers like the like Dan Feeney at center. They feel like he's developed at that position. He's only been there for one year. I don't see them getting rid of Dan Feeney. I think they're actually going to resign Dan Feeney. I don't think it's going to cost a lot of money. I just don't think 
that they're going to be able to get rid of so many different pieces on the offensive line when they have so few people that are signed and under contract for next year. And then the next one, Chris Harris Jr., was a huge surprise for me. Uh, I just don't think uh, that's the right move. I think there's actually another corner that's been on the Chargers for quite some time in Casey Hayward that would actually make a little bit more sense. We've seen Casey Hayward get burned several times this year on the deep ball, and the Chargers would actually save $9.75 million against the cap if they elected to get rid of Casey Hayward instead of Chris Harris Jr. And I could see the argument for both players because with the other guys that are going into unrestricted free agency, you're probably going to have to clear up cap space somewhere. So it's not just guys that are unrestricted free agents that could be getting the chop going into 2021. But he puts on here that Chris Harris Jr. has allowed a completion percentage of 67% so far this season and has given up a passer rating when targeted of 130 And it's such a small sample size at this point. I think especially for him, not as much with Dan Feeney because we've seen what he can do. He has a lot he can prove in the last four games to prove that he should be sticking around with this team. But that might be the case with another charger that pops up on this list cap casualty wise. And that is Trey Turner, who is one of the surprise names on this list. And the Chargers obviously traded Russell Okung for Trey Turner in the offseason. And so far this season, it's hard to say that that move has worked out. But the other player he has on here, I think is pretty obvious to most Chargers fans who want to see him gone. And that is Michael Badgley. So David, are you surprised by either of these names? And do you think either one of them will be back with the team in 2021? Yeah, I mean, I'm surprised with the Trey Turner name. I just think that the Chargers made a commitment to bring him in and traded their their left tackle, Russell Okung, to get a couple years of him under contract. And, you know, like I mentioned in the previous part of the, the news, the Chargers just don't have very many people under contract going into next year. So I think it's really important that Trey Turner shows very well in the last in these last four games and kind of re, reinstills some confidence in his ability and the Chargers for making the decision to go out and get him. But as far as Michael Badgley is concerned, this one's really easy for me. There's 32 jobs for kickers in the NFL. I mean, the kickers are a dime a dozen. There are plenty of talents out there looking for opportunities, and he has just not been good enough this year. He's missed seven field goals, three extra points, has lost Chargers football games this year. This one is the easiest decision and the one I make, and the one name on this list that I agree with the most. Unfortunately, the Chargers need to cut ties with Michael Badgley at the end of the season. In the NFL, if you're going to be a kicker and you're going to miss kicks, you're always going to be put under the spotlight as someone that has to go. And I think a lot of people are afraid that Michael Badgley could turn into the next Josh Lambeau or Young Waku with the Falcons, who have both put in really, really impressive careers post-Chargers. But at the same time, it's not just the missing of field goals. It's how the game plan is affected as well, because you've seen the Chargers multiple times opt to go for it in not great situations because they don't want to send Badgley out there to try to kick a 50-plus yard field goal. And they haven't even always been 50 yards when the Chargers have decided to keep the offense on the field instead of letting him go out there. So I think that's a huge part of it as well. And for Trey Turner, I think the biggest question is, can you do something better with the $11 million that he is going to be owed next season? It is a big cap hit, but if the Chargers get rid of all these guys that are on this list, Dan Feeney and Trey Turner and have Forrest Lamp and Sam Tevy going into unrestricted free agency. That means you have one lineman under contract, and that is Brian Bulaga in 2021 that is currently starting for the team right now. So that's a pretty risky proposition. 
but it's also hard to prop up bringing back offensive linemen that have been a part of the worst offensive line so far this season in the NFL. But we do have two more segments to get into because we have to get into some voicemail calls. We're going to be getting into whether the next head coach of the Chargers should be offense or defensive-minded. We talk about how much the Chargers should blame Tom Telesco for their current struggles and much more. But first, I need to tell you guys about the best protein bar on the planet. I know you've heard it from me a million times, and I'm going to stand by it because Built Bars are the only protein bars I like to eat because I like to eat them. They taste great, and for me, I'm not going to eat it if it doesn't taste good. And with Built Bar, you can find a flavor that you're going to love, whether it's coconut almond, German chocolate, peanut butter, lemon almond, cheesecake. I mean, the list goes on and on, and they're all 100% covered in chocolate and soft and easy to chew. The best part about them is you can eat them, you can feel like you're indulging in a delicious treat while also getting the healthy snack that you're looking for to give you the fuel throughout the rest of your day. And right now, if you guys go to BuiltBar.com, you can use the promo code ALOCKEDON to get 20% off your next order. That's promo code ALOCKEDON, all caps, one word for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Alright guys, well it's time to get into our voicemail calls for the week. A special thank you to everyone who called into the voicemail line. You guys are still putting in too many that we're not able to get to all of them, but we're going to try to squeeze seven into the show without our bosses getting too mad at us for putting out 45-minute shows when everyone else is putting out you know, 27-minute shows. I don't think you guys mind it at all, but either way, we're going to get to as many as we can. We're not going to be able to get to Lamlock, who's flip-flopping about being a Chargers fan, but I can tell in that voicemail, Lamlock, that you're still you're still watching. You're still you know in the background watching the Chargers and getting some enjoyment out of that. But I know you're a big Phillip Rivers guy in 2020. But let's go ahead and get into these voicemails. And let's start with someone who's been calling in with their post-game reaction pretty much the entire season. We have Joe from Jersey. Let's hear what he has for us. Hey, guys. Joe from Jersey. Just giving you guys a call about the game that just uh, occurred, if you want to call that a game. Um, I, I'll keep it short because I know you've got a, a lot of callers. But I think what we saw today was just a uh, unbelievable display of having the best coach in the world and Bill Belichick destroy probably one of the worst coaches in the, in the, in the league in Anthony Lynn, just an absolute debacle. Uh, the special teams that it's historically bad. Today's game was even worse than before. I couldn't believe it can get worse, but it got worse. Absolutely awful. Um, Herbert looked confused. I, I personally feel they should have pulled him out of the game midway through the third quarter, maybe the fourth quarter, Maybe with me with three minutes left, but they got him in. He got absolutely walloped, absolutely walloped. Oftentimes, the Patriots were rushing three guys, four guys, and they confused the heck out of us. We were so ill-prepared, which goes back again to coaching. Special teams goes back to the coaching. Ten men on the field, 12 men on the field. Are you, are you kidding? Uh, it's, it's absolutely a joke, and it's the same things over and over and over. I got a couple positives, though. Uh, I, th- I thought Murray played well. I think finally they used him in the proper way. They've been misusing him the entire season in coverage. He needs to attack. And today, I know it wasn't a great defensive showing, but he played really well. So I'm happy with seeing Murray flash and show. Um, I think, I hope Lynn gets fired. I'm, I'm calling you a couple minutes after the game's over. I'm hoping Lynn gets released. And I know we were saying, you guys were saying last week that who's going to coach? Who's going to coach? At this point, anybody's better. If the players haven't given up yet, I mean, come on, it's a joke. It's not. It's, this is not working. Clearly not working. Anybody's better. I, I don't like Gus Bradley as head coach, but I'll take him too. I went longer than I thought I should, but guys, I appreciate your show. I know it's going to be a hard week for you doing this show, 
good luck, Godspeed, and go Bolts. So, David, this is something that we talked about earlier on in the week as far as if an interim head coach was to take over for Anthony Lynn and who that would be. But first, I just want to say that I 100% agree with the Chargers taking Herbert out. I'm sure, Joe, that you've listened this week and you heard us say that, you know, that was one of the most brutal parts of that game was leaving him in there to have that happen. But, David, what would you say to the argument? Hey, at this point, no matter who it is, whether they're inexperienced or not, even if it's Gus Bradley, any voice for that room is going to be better than Anthony Lynn. Yeah, I don't know if I actually agree with that so much. Yeah, I mean, I don't like Anthony Lynn for the Chargers head coach right now, but I don't want anything to do with Gus, Gus Bradley. I mean, we saw that ship, you know, that dumpster fire uh, on its own not look very good. I mean, maybe In Pep Hamilton. that is. Yeah. Yeah, in Jacksonville, that is, of course. But, yeah, maybe Pep Hamilton. I mean, I think I wouldn't mind that. But right now, honestly, I just don't know if there's anyone on that staff that I feel comfortable with leading these guys. So I think it's just, you know, what is what is the lesser of all these evils? And, I mean, right now, I hate to say it, it might, might be Anthony Lynn. But right now, like I said, I want to make this clear. I don't like any any of these coaches on this staff at all. I think everybody needs to go. And I think we'll probably get into that. I know Craig feels like it should all be burned down, and we're going to get into Craig's voicemail coming up in a little bit. But I think I'm more on the side of Joe from Jersey here. I think that we're overcomplicating what it takes to be a good head coach. If your coordinators are in place, if you have all the guys in the right position, and you're just focusing on getting this team together and being a new voice for the team, I think there are plenty of guys. I mean, Phil McGowan. Sign me up for Phil McGowan leading this team and being the new voice that these guys are going out and playing for over the weekend. So uh, that's one of the guys that I w- wouldn't mind seeing doing it by any means, but let's get to the next one. This love is, that fire. Yeah. Yeah. Phil McGowan. Love that guy. I mean, hard knocks, all that stuff. Give it to me. Let's get to Josh from Wisconsin. Let's hear what he has for us this week. Hey guys, this is uh, Josh from Wisconsin. I was just curious. Just a few hours, more than a few hours uh, after watching the game and they just did not look motivated. They didn't look like they wanted to be out there. Um, do you think the lack of motivation and preparedness, I guess, could be from Anthony Lynn telling them they're not going to make the playoffs this past week? I was just thinking about that. It just, it just didn't look ready. They didn't look ready. They didn't look like they wanted to play. I think you lost the locker room, and hopefully by the time you guys get this message, you guys uh, listen to this message, he'll be fired. Thanks, guys. Both up. I think this is a natural connection for people to make, David. Obviously, Anthony Lynn says the comments, and we weren't thrilled about it, even though, obviously, the Chargers weren't going to get back into the playoff hunt this season. Still, he says it, and the Chargers go out and lay a 45-0 to egg. What do you think about the connection between him saying that and the Chargers putting up their worst performance in franchise history? I can understand why he would make that correlation, but the problems didn't happen right there. They honestly started in Miami. I mean, before that, the Chargers were staying competitive and being in most of all these games. But when the Miami game came and then after that, I mean, the quality of play after that game has decreased dramatically. So I don't think it's because of those comments. It started before that. I think that to say that I had nothing to do with it, I would have a hard time saying, I mean, I do think that is something if you are the head coach, like I've said, you have to tell that team to scratch and claw and try to get to eight and eight and do all of those things. But I think what you're talking about is this team kind of questioning whether they have the right coaches when they were confused against Miami, when Joey Bosa is questioning this scheme against the Patriots and basically saying, hey, if you're going up against those guys and what you have isn't coming correct, I mean, you're going to get blown out. 
like you done on Sunday. So I don't think it was a major contributor. All of these guys have jobs they have to go out there and play for. I still didn't think it was a total lack of effort. I just think it was, you know, the festering of so many problems coming to light all in one game. But I do think it might have had a small impact on that performance. But let's get to Jeff from Northwest Florida. I think it's a first-time caller. Let's see what he has for us. Hey, guys. This is Jeff from Northwest Florida. Love your show. You guys are doing a great job. I know it's got to be getting tougher and tougher by the week. But my question is this. You know, I'm struggling as everybody else. But my biggest issue seems to be to see Anthony Lynn either can't game plan effectively and he can't make any second-half adjustments. So coaches like Belichick can come in, see exactly what we've done in the past equals what we'll do in the future, and there's just no changes. I mean, the other thing that I have for you guys from a question standpoint is, in his first year with Philip Rivers, how much do you think Philip Rivers actually contributed to the game management and game three? Do you think that Phil was calling the plays himself that, his overall veteran leadership and mentorship helped, I guess, the illusion maybe that uh, Coach Lynn was good. But hey, it's been 45 seconds. I appreciate it from you later. Bye-bye. So this, I think both of these kind of are can be rolled into one big thing here, David, and that is, you know, how much did Phillip Rivers cover up, you know, what we know now of Anthony Lynn and his coaching? And the other part of it is, is, the biggest thing we have against Anthony Lynn, which is the game plans don't seem good going into the game. You're not getting off to fast starts. And the halftime adjustments have been non-existent. And that's why a lot of those games were competitive in the first half. But it doesn't mean the second halves of those games were very competitive. We saw the Chargers blow a lot of leads. So how much of Phillip Rivers' impact do you think had to do with why we thought Anthony Lynn might be a good coach over those first couple of seasons? Well, I think you can't discredit anything that that Philip Rivers does or has done in his career. I think everyone is universally known that Philip Rivers is like a coach on the field. He's so incredibly intelligent in this game. He's been in this game his entire life. His dad was a football coach. I, I mean, I think those contributions cannot be discounted whatsoever. I mean, you're going from a 16-year veteran to a rookie quarterback. I mean, obviously, that's there's a, a monumental paramount difference between those two. I do think... Uh, you know how intelligent and savvy that Philip Rivers was played a big factor in masking some of the deficiencies we are now seeing come to light with Anthony Lynn. Well, and I think Rivers willed them to a lot of victories, and when he couldn't do it anymore, it turned into what you had happen last season. And we all know that Anthony Lynn has, since he took over, talked about how he wanted a mobile quarterback and all of this stuff. Well, you have it now, Anthony Lynn, and this is what it looks like. But I do think Philip Rivers had a huge impact as far as getting the play call going up to the line of scrimmage, diagnosing what was out there, and then changing things to what he thought would be better for the team. And I think that got him out of a lot of bad situations. But even in the 12-4 and four season, guys, the problems were still there. The Chargers escaped by the skin of their teeth against Kansas City in that two-point win, against the Seattle Seahawks in that game. I mean, they had so many close calls that year that just happened 
to bounce their way. But a lot of the problems were still there when that was happening. So I think that was just kind of a misnomer that it was Anthony Lynn that brought them to that point. I think Anthony Lynn's been the same guy. And the problem is he hasn't progressed in a lot of areas like in game and clock management. And even though he's a strong communicator, he's a strong leader. It's the other parts of his job that we just haven't seen him improve on. And I think that's why we're all feeling like he has to go at this point. But we do have one more segment to get into. We have a couple more voicemail calls. We're going to talk about what the Chargers need to do to be successful, what kind of head coach we're looking for, and the next man after Anthony Lynn. And we'll also talk about some upcoming free agents that the Chargers have to either prioritize or replace coming up right after this. All right, guys, well, let's get back to the voicemail segment. Once again, the number is 323-524-7924 if you guys want to get on the next voicemail show. And especially first-time callers, we try to get all of those on the show. And our OGs like we have right here. This is Craig from Texas, one of my all-time favorite callers. Definitely up there in the Locked on Chargers Hall of Fame callers, at least in the conversation, be sure. Let's see what Craig has for us this week. What's up, fellas? Craig in Texas. You know, it's been a few weeks since I've called in, but hey, not been a fun year. Um, let's just go ahead and get straight to it, man. It's time to burn it down. Um, Telesco can go with Lynn and the rest of the crap squad because um, nobody's doing a good job, and Telesco's allowing it to go on. So since he doesn't seem to have the stones to get rid of anybody, it's time for him to roll out too. Um, outside of a few good draft picks that he kind of stumbled into and some good, you know, undrafted rookie free agents, um, what does he actually have to show for himself? The offensive line depth has never been great. Um, they can't seem to fix any of that. So as far as I'm concerned, he's done an average to below average job as a GM, and he definitely can't hire coaches. So what good is it to have great players with crap leadership? Um, I guess I really don't have a question. It's more venting. And, um, you know, I know that we're all sick of it. It's been a terrible season. Uh, but if you kind of look at things uh, in totality, we've been in games against really good teams with a fair amount of our starters out and been in most of them and, um, you know, gotten trashed in the second half of games. And that all comes down to coaching. I mean, I, I posted it on Twitter. Uh, look at the Patriots. Guys opted out before the season started, and they seem to be doing just fine. They're definitely in the hunt. So uh comes down to coaching. That's all I got, fellas. Uh, thanks for hearing me out. Still bold gang don't bang. Uh, looking forward to next season at this point in the off season and draft stuff and, you know, whatever. Later. Well, Craig, I mean, I'm sure you know this by now, but I've been writing a series about Tom Tolesco. The second part of it will be out soon, just as far as evaluating what he has done in his time as the Chargers general manager and, and kind of going back and seeing that we might not have been as hard on him as we should have been, especially early on in his career for some of the moves that he made. And now having seen all of these draft classes play out, having seen how all of these players have or what these players have turned into, I do think it is right to look at him, especially David, when you think about the fact that Tom Telesco probably has the power to make Anthony Lynn at least make a coaching change at some point this season, whether it's George Stewart, whether it was Gus Bradley, and I know George Stewart ended up getting shifted around, but he hasn't been able to do that. He hasn't gotten in there and just actually made big changes when they needed to be made. And he's also 0 for 2 so far on the head coaches that he's brought in. 
Yeah, I mean, Tommy Telesco, I mean, first of all, i got to give you some credit for that A-plus plug right there for your new article. But if you guys haven't read it, you guys definitely should go read that. It's, it's really great insight. Except I didn't Tom tell Telesco. everyone that it's on the LA Football Network, but go and, on. And, <laughs> Not a and great there plug. it is. And there it is. LA Football Network. Definitely go read it. And, of course, you can find it on Twitter on Dan's page, Dan Talk Sports. But, um, yeah, definitely Tom Telesco is – I think we've been all been wowed about, you know, the great splash plays and all the splash picks that he's done and the great uh, undrafted free agents that he's signed. But overall, I just have not really loved his philosophy. I've always been a guy that wants to build from the inside out, and it seems like Tom Telesco is more of a build-from-the-outside-in type of philosophy guy, which I just don't think that works. And obviously we haven't seen a whole lot of success – with him being the Chargers general manager with that philosophy. Yeah, I agree. And we'll actually be getting into something very similar about, you know, what the Chargers need to do to kind of get back to a place of success too. But I do think that Tom Telesco, it's time to evaluate it and figure out if he is the guy. The problem is who's going to be picking the next general manager. And I think that's the scary thing to think about because AJ Smith was a much better general manager than Tom Telesco was. And that's with the toxic relationships. I mean, eight consecutive winning seasons, five consecutive AFC West titles. I mean, Tom Telesco hasn't even had three consecutive winning seasons. So obviously they're not holding them to that same standard, but I do think it's time to evaluate that and figure out who should be the next general manager. If they decide to go that direction, I think starting from the inside out is where you would start with that. But Let's get to Colby from Washington, who has a call about the next head coach of the Chargers and what we would like to see in them. Hey, guys, this is Colby from Washington. I'm a first-time caller. I was just wondering if I could pick your guys' brains and see if you guys think we should go with an offensive-minded coach, defensive-minded coach, or special teams-minded coach. Honestly, at this point, we could use all three. I'm tired of offensive-minded coaches, but I also want to find someone who can develop Herbert and our special teams is atrocious, so I don't think that would be a horrible route to go either. Let me know what you guys think. Bolt up. So this is interesting because I think when you look at this, I mean, really offensive coordinators, Eric Bieniemy, Arthur Smith, Brian Dable, defensive coordinators, if you're going to go defensive-minded head coach, Robert Sala is definitely the main guy right now. Or you could go with a special teams coach or at least someone who you know specializes in that with Dave Tobe who is you know, super highly regarded in the league, but hasn't gotten any of these last few batches of head coaching opportunities, but his name's always floated out there. So, David, when it's put like that, not necessarily about who it is, but what type of coach you want next, where would you go? I mean, for me, I want a defensive-minded coach. I want someone that's going to be more physical and be a lot more intense and, you know, I just think that's something that's been missing from this Chargers team. I mean, they, like the caller said, they want to be physical, or one of the one of our callers said they want to be physical, they want to go out there and impose their will, but they just don't. I mean, I wanted a coach that's going to go out there and really be aggressive and physical against their opponent. I mean, and, you know, I know that's important to make sure that uh, our quarterback, Justin Herbert, has a great amount of development, and somebody's going to be there for that. But I think that can still happen if you get a good offensive coordinator, continue that continuity with the uh, uh, the quarterback's coach. I think you know that can still happen. But for me, I just want someone that's much more aggressive. I understand that. I think if you're going defensive coordinator, I think Robert Sala is the guy. And I think if you could tell yourself that you would know he was going to get paired with, you know, a new offensive mind, a guy who is up to date with all of the things that are working so far and is very creative on the offensive side. I mean, you would definitely sign up for that 
For me, I've been leaning more towards Popper's side where you want someone that's going to be able to come in and develop Justin Herbert and not mess that up. So for me, I'm looking at guys like Arthur Smith from Tennessee because look what he's done with Ryan Tannehill, right? I mean, totally resurrected his career. Then you look at Buffalo and a guy like Brian Dable who just smoked the San Francisco 49ers, a shorthanded 49ers team to be sure. But when I just look at what Josh Allen was, his rookie season and what he is now, I mean, the thought of what he could do with Justin Herbert is definitely something that is very, very intriguing to me. So let's get to the next caller. We have Roberto calling in from Mexico. Let's hear what he asked for us. Hello, guys. This is Roberto. I got a few questions for you guys. So yesterday's game was something else. And like, I have been a fan of this team since, I don't know, maybe 2004 or so. Like, I'm 24, so yeah. Uh, well, I don't know, man. Like, I have, like, I, I don't think I've ever experienced a worse stretch of football in my life. Like, I think that has to do with, uh, the Telesco's tenure as a GM. So, I don't, I don't know if, like, do you think, like, these last years, like, from 2013 to, to date, do you really think all falls on him? Uh, and I'll do my last question for you guys is, like, what do you think that we should do right now? Like, should we, like, what's the clue to being successful as an organization? Like, I, I, I don't know what else. Like, we have some pieces, but what do you think the Chargers need to do in order to be a successful franchise? All right, guys. Thank you. So, Roberto, I mean, obviously, we could spend an hour talking about all of the changes that the Chargers need to make. But, David, I know for you, at least philosophy-wise, it's pretty simple. It's build it in the trenches. Exactly. I mean, I said it earlier in the show. I'm going to say it here again. The Chargers need to change the philosophy to really invest their premium talent and t- and picks and their attention on the inside out. I mean, you look at some of the great teams, the great dynasties, the, you know, they've all had great interior players. I mean, the Chiefs, the Cowboys of the 90s, I mean, the those teams have had absolutely dominant lines. That's one thing the Chargers have not had. You look at the, the stats the last 15 years, you might be able to count on one hand how many times they've had even a average offense or defensive line. That has to change, and that's all philosophy-based. They need to start really highlighting and spotlighting their attention on improving those areas of your football team. And it starts with putting the capital in. I mean, look at the guys they're relying on this season. Sam Tevy, a sixth-round pick. Forrest Lamp, a second-round pick. That's pretty high. Dan Feeney, a third-round pick. And then Trey Pipkins coming off the bench as a third-round pick. I mean, those aren't really high draft picks. That's not Tom Telesco going out of the way to get his guy. And we've seen him trade up for guys like Manti Teo, Melvin Gordon, Jeremiah Atauchu. Has he traded up to get a really good offensive lineman? I would say no. So I think that is a huge problem. And I think for the Chargers to be a successful franchise, spanning it out that way, you have to be able to come up with consistent success. The Chargers were relevant in the Marty Schottenheimer days because they were always winning. And if you want to build a fan base in Los Angeles, you want to have something that people can get excited about, extended success, extended winning product on the field is the only way you're going to be able to do that. But the fact that they haven't been able, and when you have weaknesses on both lines, when teams are able to pressure your quarterback and run the ball right up your th- right down your throat, 
Those are two big issues to have and something that Tom Telesco still hasn't been able to figure out to this point. But we have one last caller. We're going to do a first-time caller, Kyle from Visalia, California. Let's hear what he has for us. Hey, what's up, guys? This is Kyle from Visalia, California. Uh, this is my first season uh, listening to your guys' podcast. And uh, it's been a hell of a season to uh, be following along, listening to you guys. Uh, definitely not the season we wanted. Uh, but just a couple of things after watching, you know, Sunday's complete blowout, which actually happened to be on my birthday, too. Um, so it was a great uh, birthday present from our beloved Chargers. A couple of things I want to talk about is just want to talk about what do you think we should be our coaching option um, heading into next season? Person I really like top of the list, but I think it might be highly coveted, but would be like Robert Salah out of San Francisco 49ers. Um, definitely love his energy, his personality. I think he would actually bring that physicality and toughness that Anthony Lynn wanted to show from our defense. Uh, I think that would be a really interesting uh, option. And then as well as, you know, player development, who's going, who's, uh, you know, leaving at the end of the season. One name in particular, I'm curious to see what you guys think about, would be um, our friend uh, Nas back there in free safety. Definitely uh, didn't make it much splash plays as I was really uh, hoping to see Adam going into the season. So I was wondering if he's even going to be our starter uh, starting safety back there when Duran Jane gets back. Um, and also, I definitely feel as if we're going to be pretty stingy on the, the money when it comes to free agents. I don't see Mike Williams coming back, and I really don't see Hunter Henry coming back. So, you know, losing those big pieces of their offense, how do you guys think uh, – We'll go about replacing them. So thank you guys. First time caller. Uh, go both. So we already talked about our head coaching candidates, but there are a couple of things I want to focus on here, which is Nazir Adderley and what that is going to look like next year. How we're feeling about that. Is he the guy to you know pair up with Derwin James for the foreseeable future? And the other side of things, Mike Williams and Hunter Henry and how the charge would replace those guys. And I will say that. Mike Williams isn't going to be a free agent after this year. He still has his fifth-year option coming up in 2021. But Hunter Henry, that's going to be a super hard player to replace. So, David, what have you thought about Nazir Adderley and your you know faith in him going forward as the starting free safety and the Chargers' ability to either re-sign Hunter Henry or be able to replace him? Well, I know this is pretty selfish of me to say, but I feel a whole lot more comfortable with Nazir Adley at free safety if Derwin James is next to him, right. trying to coach him up and keep him physical and get his mind right. And also, I want to remind everyone, this is like a redshirt year for Nazir Adley. He was injured pretty much his entire rookie season, so this is his rookie season. I mean, he's learning on the fly out there with no off-season camp, with a lot of different distractions with COVID that have gotten in the way of his development. I mean, there's a number of players that have been affected by this, but Nazir Adderley, I think, is one of the guys that was affected the most. But as far as Hunter Henry is concerned... I mean, I think he's a priority that you have to try to resign him, and there's just not a lot of uh, a lot of talented guys out there that fit the similar build that Hunter Henry provides. I mean, a very high quality blocker, a, a, a sure-handed receiver, a guy that's you know got some decent chemistry with your young quarterback. But I think he still also needs to show in these last four games that he is the right guy to you know kind of pair with Justin Herbert going into the future. I mean, it's up to him to to really decide whether he wants to resign with the Chargers or if he wants to go somewhere else. And I think the biggest thing with Hunter Henry is it just seems like he's lost a little bit of that explosiveness due to all of the injuries. It's not like he was an overly athletic player. He didn't run a super fast 40, but 
he was creating separation pretty easily early on in his career, and it seems like the injury factor has taken a toll on his body, and that's the other thing you have to take into account is how much he's been injured. But either way, the Chargers have to invest in a tight end this offseason because there is no backup plan outside of Donald Parham, who it's hard to put all of your eggs in that basket at this point. And for Nazir Adderley, I've told you guys, I mean, if you're going in to be a free safety, if you're a step late to everything in your first season, Maybe it is something that, you know, as he gets more comfortable, he, he'll he be in the right place more often. But he's had some pretty bad blown coverages. It's kind of hard to, you know, defend what he's been able to do so far. But I would just urge you guys to look at what the free safety position has been in years past and how much people have struggled playing that position in Gus Bradley's defense. I mean, we saw Rayshon Jenkins miss a lot more big tackles last year than we've seen Nazir Adderley miss this season. But Chargers have a lot of hard decisions to make coming up in 2021. And we'll see if Tom Telesco is even the general manager making those decisions. But that is going to wrap things up for today's show. Tomorrow is crossover Thursday. So I'll be joining Aaron Freeman from the Lockdown Falcons podcast to talk about the benefits of firing your coach midseason and much more. But until then, make sure to follow us on Twitter at LockdownLAC and to like the Facebook page Lockdown Chargers as well as subscribing to us on Apple Podcasts or giving us a follow on Spotify. We would really appreciate it. And, and that's the fastest and easiest way to get the show. Once again, the Locked On Chargers voicemail line is 323-524-7924. And we try to get every Chargers voicemail played on the show. But we'll be back with you guys tomorrow with Crossover Thursday with the Falcons. Until then, take it easy and go Bolts.